All right, we are live. Thanks, man. Um, happy New Year to you. Super excited to have you on the show today. Um, this is the first inaugural show. Um, super, super excited. So thanks, uh, thanks, Zach, for, for being oh, on Thanks today. for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah thanks, man. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. Maybe you just tell, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Um, give us a little bit on your background and um, your experiences. Yeah, so I keep it a little short and sweet, kind of the uh, SparkNotes version of it. Um, but my name is Zach Condon, born and raised in Minnesota. Um, that's actually where I met Brandon at the University of Minnesota. We were, uh, what was it? So I think it was, you were benching and I think I came up to you or I was benching and you came up to me. You're kind of like, hey, can I work in? Well, it was probably me. It was, it was probably me. No, it, I remember, actually. Yeah. So it was uh-huh. me. I was on the bench. You were pulling deads. I think you were pulling well over 500. Was, well, I mean, you were in north of the $500 benchmark there. And <laughs> yeah. uh, I was like, all right, I got to introduce myself to this guy. And I think I was a junior at the time. And you, I think you, you're, how, you're how old are you right now? I'm, I'm 26. I just turned 25. So I graduated 2014. Okay. 2018 so, yikes 2014 2018. From high school. so i was 17 so you were you're younger than me and i was okay. like man this guy is playing serious played <laughs> off the floor and i was just impressed and uh so yeah i was like i gotta get to know this guy and i think that's how we just got you know we got connected and there was a whole you know group of guys there who were and you who were, were actually bodybuilding right you started bodybuilding was, at that time i mm-hmm. was bodybuilding at that time i did my show in 17 so that would have been yep Spring of 17, so, I did my show. Yeah, so I guess so. So my sophomore year. Um, and then when I graduated from the University of Minnesota, I ended up interning with, do you remember Zach Ruark? He was a um, PhD student. He taught the uh, training theory classes. Okay. Do you have any idea? I do, I'm talking I, about? Do, I, do rem- I do remember him. So you, you interned. So I interned for guys. him. Okay. Yeah, so he has his own like athletic training company and train a bunch of high school hockey players all the way up through professionals. So that was a super cool and fun experience. And that's really what kind of took me in through fitness. I knew I wanted to be a personal trainer. And after that, I moved out to LA, got a job at Equinox, yeah. fell in love with the company, but I knew LA and yeah, you actually came out to LA one weekend yeah. and we got together out there Yeah, that was and fun. that was a fun weekend. And then yeah, I just kind of figured I wanted to get back into the Midwest. So they transferred me to a brand new club that they were opening up here. And I've been here ever since and just, yeah, loving life. That's awesome, man. So uh, back to your, just your educational background a little bit. You, mm-hmm. if I, if I remember correctly, kinesiology was your major. Yes, sir. Okay. And kinesiology that- and then a minor in nutrition. Okay. Very cool. How was that experience at a, at a, at a big 10 school, you know, kinesiology, nutrition, you know, workload, you know, was that, do you feel like that was the right, you know, looking back at it, the right educational path for really what you wanted to get into? Did it provide that foundation that you were looking for? Yes and no. So originally I was thinking physical therapy and that's why kinesiology is one of the most typical routes for physical therapy. When I realized I wanted to get into personal training, you don't necessarily need a degree if you're a motivated individual. I sure. do think it set me apart having that background because I was able to come in and know the anatomy and biomechanics of everything. But a lot of personal training is kind of hands-on and yeah, textbook stuff is great. But until you kind of get that experience, what it's like to work with someone one-on-one, you can have all the certifications you want in the world. 
but if you can't like change things on the flyer, you don't know what you're looking for, like stuff that textbooks can't really teach you. It's, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to see the, the success that you want to see necessarily. Yeah. So I think it kind of set me apart a little bit in that realm. Sure. Yeah. It's like that book smart versus street smarts, right? Exactly. And you can, you can be the bookworm and you can have all the knowledge on the physics and to your point, the, you know, the biomechanics right. of a back squat, for example, which we'll get to later. But, um, you know, if you can't, have a conversation with somebody or get a, get a, get a feel for, you know, how they're, you know, how they're responding to a particular workout or be able to visualize hey, exactly. their form is super sloppy. This weight is, is too much. We need to, we need to make a change that yep. you're, you're not going to do well in the business. Right. Cause then people aren't going to be invested in you. I mean, if, if, if people, cause that's what you got to look at. Like a lot of times people are training with you an average of three times a week. You know, they're coming, they're paying good money. They're spending an hour with you three times a week. Like if they're not enjoying that time, you're not going to be able to retain that client. Right. Do you feel like the business, obviously there's the balance, right? There's the, there's the, there's the books and having the base. And then there's the, the, the kind of the personality and the, the characteristics that evolve around that. Do you feel that the industry is well-balanced and that we have a, a lot of really intelligent personal trainers out there who have the knowledge and also have the personality skill sets? Or do you feel like we have a lot of personal trainers who maybe have great personalities and can interface and have discussions, but maybe lack the foundation? Or I guess maybe what's in place to, you know, kind of balance those things out? Yeah. So, and I would actually say we've got more people on each end of the spectrum. So you got your personal trainers that have all the certifications and they know everything, but their kind of relatableness isn't quite there. So they're not able to kind of connect with their clients. And then you get the people that are super relatable with their clients, but the programming aspect isn't there. And this is where it kind of depends on the client because some people just getting to the gym is good enough. Where, and that was, that was one of my biggest faults coming in as a personal trainer. I'm like, I don't want to work with you. If you're not going to be coming into the gym five to six days a week, you're not going to be following this strict meal plan. And yeah, as coming in as like more advanced lifter fitness guy, like that's what I did. So I was like, oh, if you want to see results, this is what you have to do. But the, the objective is to meet them where they're at and build. So you've got the trainers that know everything that are like, follow this program, follow this strict diet we'll get you to your goals. And then you have the other side where trainers are like, you know what, we're not even going to worry about that right now. Let's just make you enjoy coming into the gym. And then there's an even smaller percentage that are in the middle where it's like, yes, this is what we're working towards. This is where you're at. This is how we're going to get to that point. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And maybe a nice, a, a nice transition. We're talking about relating to clients and spending, you know, three, five days a week in the gym with your trainers, obviously with our current environment, COVID is thrown a wrench in that, right? <laughs> I mean, we had, yes. you know, I, I'm not sure about what's going on in Chicago, but we've had two gym, quote unquote, gym lockdowns in the Minneapolis area. We had one in the spring um, where all gyms were closed. And then we just got out of one in the fall. That was a, a three or a four week lockdown. Um, mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about how you've been able to, continue engaging with your clients 
and, you know, keeping them motivated and frankly, just keeping your, your lights on and, and your business going when access mm-hmm. to a gym is not possible. Yeah. So it was actually kind of funny because when we shut, we shut down in, I think it was like the second week of March. And then we opened back up in July and we've been open up ever since then. Um, but a lot of times, and it's, it's a different clientele at Equinox. It's more of kind of that type A personality, like that go, go, go. Yeah. I mean, people that care about fitness, but work usually gets in the way or they have other obligations. And it's just like, you know, they weren't able to make the time necessarily because it was, you know, one task after another. But COVID actually, so I came back in expecting business to just plummet, which it did at first because it was kind of like gyms just opened back up. But I'd say after about a month, people were like, you know what? I haven't taken fitness as seriously in my life. And this is a great opportunity to, you know, kickstart that. So it was a lot of just kind of communication with clients and like, you know what? You said that you didn't have time to come into the gym three days a week. You're working from home right now. Let's find some extra time throughout your day. You know, let's, let's come up with a schedule, pick three, three of your slowest days at work or even come in on a weekend day. And just, again, kind of meet them where they're at. And all of a sudden business, I mean, my business was actually better during COVID than it was pre-COVID because people were able to prioritize fitness a little bit more. Yeah, no, that's so interesting. I mean, I think I talk to people frequently and it's like, well, you know, obviously I'm into fitness, you're into fitness. The people we Mm -hmm. surround ourselves with are, are, are typically into fitness, but that common I won't call it an excuse because I, I think that it's real is that time element of fitness, mm-hmm. right? It's, I need to find time in my day to get to the gym. And, you know, you and I are, we're both young guys, you know, <laughs> yeah. very little you know, responsibilities and overhead. And when you have a family and you have kids and um, it, that time just starts to, to dwindle away, right? And you're, for, yep. you're forced to prioritize, where am I going to put that hour? Um, mm-hmm. And with COVID, we've gotten some time back in a, in a lot of ways. And our our daily grind of get up at five, you know, get in a shake, you know, get to the gym at six, get to the office at eight, you know, meetings all day back home. Like that, that's right. changed for a lot of people. And they're they're finding opportunity within their day to to make it to the gym potentially mm-hmm. and, and to start prioritizing a part of their life that maybe they've been neglecting. Right. And a lot of people too, is like, Oh, I want to come in. And, and this is what I found with a lot of people was, Oh, I'm going to come in after work. And that's great because they blocked off the time. But then when they're talking with some of their coworkers, it's like, Oh, let's go grab a drink after work. And a lot of times people don't want to miss out on that social aspect of life, which I completely get. I, I always tell people, I'm like, if fitness starts to consume your life, you're doing too much. You know, you should be able to live a well-rounded life. And I always say like fitness is an umbrella and like working out and exercising is just one branch of that umbrella where you've got your social aspect. You got the mental, emotional, spiritual, your relationships with other people. Like there's so much that goes into living a healthy lifestyle. And then it was, okay, well, how you try coming in before work? And people are like, oh, I can't, I, you know, I got to be into the office. Like you said, by 8 a.m. And I'm not a morning person. But now with COVID, people don't have to be into the office at 8 a.m. They can hop on Zoom at 9. They can sleep until 7, come in here at 7.30, leave by 8.30, 
get online by nine. So it's just, yeah, there's more freedom in the yeah. day. Yeah. What's your, what's your philosophy on, on day of either time of day training? You know, are you, are you a, any time is a good time or do you find that you're, you know, more successful with clients in the mornings? Or are you persuading them to train in the afternoons or the evenings? Again, it goes back to just meet them where they're at, yeah. you know, because once you, once for someone to make something more of a lifelong kind of habit or routine or lifestyle, it needs to be their choice. So again, I could sit here and say, I have the best workout program. I have the best meal plan. You come in at this time, we're going to get you to your goals. But if it becomes a chore and they feel like, you know, someone else is directing their lives, that's only going to last so long before they fall off. So a lot of times, I mean, during uh, this COVID stuff, people have switched yes to morning workouts because they just realize, you know what, let's get this out of the way. It's going to be the hardest thing I do all day. And then the rest of the day is going to feel like a breeze. Yeah. Once people kind of got on that, they started being more consistent. I have clients who are training two times a week that are now up to four or five times a week because they're like, oh, I, I love how I feel when I start work and I already I crushed my workout. They see people just rolling out of bed and they're like, damn, I've accomplished something today. And it puts them in a good mood too. Yeah. Yeah. That's been my philosophy. Actually, a good friend of mine, uh, Gabe Paulson shout out to him, um, was a room, my roommate at the U. I think you might've met him. Um, I think I did too. He, so he's the, uh, he was an army ROTC guy. Um, brilliant dude, uh, incredible physique. And he was a morning guy. I mean, he opened mm-hmm. up the rec center 5:45 AM like clockwork. And yep. I, when he started doing that, I'm like, dude, you're crazy. Like, I, you know, <laughs> like I'm going to get in my workout, like between classes. And he's like, dude, try it for a week. He's like, get up with me for a week. And I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. So I get up, like alarm goes off first day. I'm like, man, this is going to be tough. Like, I don't know if I'm like cut out for this day two, tough day three, not as bad. After the first week I, I was hooked. I've been training pre 7am, pre 6.30am for the last five years. I won't go back to Good doing for you. Any, anything else. Mm-hmm. And it's the way that it makes me feel. It's the way um, you feel after you get out of the gym, you feel like you've conquered the world and you're ready to take on the day. It's a yep. mentality shift. And I've, um, I've, I've found so many you know, blessings in that consistency and it's carried over into other parts of my life. It carries over into work. For it sure. carries over into you know, being a better husband. It carries over into a lot of different, a lot of different things. And um, I, I can't, I, I love the morning workouts, man. That's, that's my jam. Yep. Um, it's where I want to be. So. And I would, and I 100% would be there with you, but unfortunately the clients have to come first for me and they want the morning workouts. So, Absolutely. but I have, yeah. I have found it is nice. Cause I've got it. So, and, and this is what a lot of personal trainers deal with. You got the morning crowd, you got the evening crowd. And then the middle of the day when everyone's at work is kind of your free time. Yeah. So I've been getting in workouts between 10 AM and usually 1 PM. And I've kind of gotten in a nice rhythm there, but on days that I can work out early, no, I agree with you hundred percent. It's yeah. Get after it bright and early. And- For sure. So, well, let's transition here a little bit. I want to talk to you just a little bit about the business side of personal training and I know in a lot of ways being, a, you know, obviously you're working for a, a great company and they provide a lot of valuable assets. They provide the space, they provide a lot of the branding, but at the end of the day, 
people are, are training with you not because of the gym you're in they're training with you because they they think highly of you you're educated they like mm. the way they feel when they train with you and it's like i'm gonna work with zach um tell us just a little bit about how you've marketed yourself and kind of built your personal brand in order to keep some of that consistency and to obviously bring in new clients i'm going to start off by talking about the things that i have messed not messed up on but kind of the things that have held me back a little bit um the first one being is don't talk too much. You got two ears, you got one mouth, use them in proportion to each other. Cause we have to realize is as a fitness professional, you get hyped up about this. Like this stuff excites you and someone is coming to you because they want your advice. If you just start spewing out information at them, one, you're going to lose them. And two, they're like, I don't care about any of this. I just want to work out and I want you know to see results. So that was probably the first thing that really kind of was like, oh, yeah, I've got all this valuable information, but you need the information for you. Some clients care about it, but more times than not, they don't care about that stuff. Um, but just being relatable, being able to read a scene and kind of like, you know, because not everyone's the same. So if you have someone who's a little bit more reserved and you're out there and you're just yapping away, you know, they're going to kind of be disengaged, you kind of got, you kind of got to mirror what your client, client's personality is. Um, but just, you know, bringing the energy. I mean, you can tell when the person, when, and I, and I noticed this too, when trainers are out on the floor and they have energy with their clients and they're getting excited for them and they're, you know, they're explaining why they're doing things. The client's just as engaged and that's, what's going to keep them coming back. So it's a lot of, I hate saying mirror because you're not mirroring it. You still have your own personality, but the most, the most successful personal trainers are the ones that can relate to their clients and instill habits. That's yeah. what I'll say. Cause yeah. you can, again, I could give you the best workout program, the best meal plan, but if that's not going to become a part of your life, you'll do it for 30 days and you're going to stop. That's why you see, you know, this, the new year's resolutioners, I think I saw a study it was like 92% of them are out of the gym by April because they come in and they're just like, they're going zero to 100, but they're not instilling habits. So this has actually been what's gotten me the most success is instead of saying, okay, these are your goals. This is where you want to get. It's no, this is where you're at. The point of what we're doing from right now, like this month is to get you from point A to point B. Once we kind of get a couple of these habits in place then we can go from point b to point c and point c to point d the problem is is people come in and they have where they're at a to where they want to get z and people want to go from a to l l to s and s to z thinking that it's going to be as quick easy fix yeah and you can you can make it a quick easy fix but that's not going to last yeah so it's being it yeah yeah i mean you know the the word that I have always associated with New Year's resolution success is adherence. Yes. Right? We need we need to create a program for you that you can adhere to for mm -hmm. an extended period of time. And I I think that a lot of people with great intentions start off the year with a ton of ambition and motivation. Um, mm -hmm. They're they're fired up. I'm meal prepping. 
I'm cutting my carbs. Um, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything in my mind that I think I need to do in order to get on track. And to yep. your point, people jump from A to A to Z and they wonder why they can't adhere to a program. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because there's so many little micro steps along that way that you, you totally jumped over. You didn't build, you, you, you tried to build a house without a, a, a strong without foundation, foundation. Yep. and and you're surprised that the house fell apart. And so maybe we talk, maybe you could speak just a little bit based on your experiences. And I know we're talking about just fitness here. Obviously there's other mm-hmm. parts of life that right. people have new year's resolutions. I want to save more money. I want to travel more places, but just speaking to fitness, what are some of those foundational fitness elements that people need to have in order to adhere to a program long-term? Yeah, so the, the three things that we focus on here is movement, nutrition, and regeneration. So that's one of the reasons why I was, I fell in love with the company is because that was those were my pillars. I called them my three big rocks. Equinox calls them the three big pillars. So when it comes to like movement, yes, you know you need to move more, uh, whatever, movement is medicine. But again, it's figuring out where they're at, where if someone who is just coming into the gym for the first time and they're like, all right, 2021 is going to be my year. If they come in and they're like, I'm going to work out five days a week, I'm going to get after it. It's like, no, you're going from zero to 100 too fast. You're going to burn out. Anyone can come in and work out when they're motivated. But what happens when life hits you in the face? You know, what happens when work gets slammed, when you got three kids and you know, they're, everyone's school from home and you can't find a sitter? Like, what happens then? So it starts with instilling behaviors into their lives where it's like, yeah, let's say you're super motivated and you're coming to the gym seven days a week, you work out for an hour and a half. That's what? What's one and a half times seven? Okay, let's round up to 14. Let's say two hours. That's 14 hours out of the 168 hours in the week. Like, you're, you're, that's not living a well-rounded lifestyle. So it's creating unstructured movement in their day, meaning how can we get them to just be more active in their day? Perfect. You, you, like, so this is what I say. You got you to gotta make something a routine to build it into a habit. So take something you do every day. Eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Now, after each meal, let's go for a five-minute walk. Something super simple and easy. Now, everyone can walk, assuming you don't have like an injury or something, but everyone can go for a walk. Perfect. You did that for three days a week. Now we're going to bump it up to four days a week. You did that for five days. Now let's, now let's make it a 10-minute walk. Just something like that where they're able to do stuff on their own for nutrition. Same thing. You know, if I just give you a meal plan, you're not learning anything. You're not able to like make this a a lifestyle change. So we pick one thing at a time to work on. The first thing that I like to focus on is protein. Women especially tend to underconsume protein and men tend to say that they eat more than they actually do. Um, But it's just, okay. You want to lose weight? Well, let's make sure you're getting in enough protein, enough fiber, enough water throughout your day, because what's going to happen is you're just going to feel full and you're not going to be hungry for the snack food. So instead of subtracting things from their diet, saying you can't eat this, you can't eat this, I go subtraction by addition, meaning, all right, I want you to shoot for 100 grams of protein a day. I want you to shoot to have at least one serving of vegetables with every single meal. And what happens then, like I said, is people just, you're more full. So you don't eat all that garbage food that you tend to crave later in the day. And then when it comes to like the regeneration, same thing where it's like, okay, you're getting six hours of sleep a night. I want you to get in bed six and a half hours before you wake up. 
okay, you did that. Now I want you to get in bed seven hours before you wake up. And next thing you know, they're getting in bed and then we can start to create like a kind of a bedtime routine kind of deal. But you, again, you only see your clients for such a small fraction of time that you need to help them kind of instill these behaviors into their day-to-day life so they can do it on their own and they can make it a lifestyle. Yeah. You know, you, you hit on so many awesome points there. You talk about, you know, forming a habit. And I think that the best, or at least some of the more skilled and artful personal trainers that I've met and spent time with help their clients form healthy habits. And Mm -hmm. if you're having to drag clients into the gym every week and it's a chore, it's, it's not sustainable. And so you need to your point to find those avenues for creating a habit and creating a healthy habit. And then it just kind of becomes a part of your daily routine. You know, it's like, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm missing, you know, an element of, of who I am or, or my day when I don't get in my workout. So right. that, that, that becomes a, a necessity. The other thing that you touched on is sleep. I mean, recovery, I think in our world of, especially in millennials, um, of the, the, the grind mentality, right? Let's, let's grind, let's work, let's, um, let's go, 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 go. Um, it's crazy how little people sleep. Um, mm. You know, there's this technology out there. I'm sure you've heard of it called Whoop. Um, he's got one on. Look at that. It's not even an ad, it's not even an ad for Whoop, but he's he's got it on. Um, I don't I don't have one, but there's there's a lot of technology out there now who um, they're focusing on making sleep a, a priority. And there's a lot of evidence and a lot of data that shows that people just aren't at their peak performance. Mm-hmm. And that's because well, of lack of sleep. It is. And it, it's crazy how important sleep is. I remember in college, it was cool to get four hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. You walk into your 8 a.m.s and you're like, I got four hours of sleep. How much sleep did you get? Yeah. Like three. And I'm like, oh, I'll beat that tomorrow. But so I read, a. have you read Why We Sleep by Jordan Peterson? No, I haven't. I would recommend that book. It's a, I mean, it, it talks about the benefits of sleep, but the one statistic that stuck out in the book the most to me was let's say you stay up for 24 hours in a row, you know, your, you know, your physical performance, your cognitive performance, everything's going to take a hit. I mean, like that's just, you know, you stay up for stay up all day. Your next day is going to be horrible, but they did a study and for people that got six hours of sleep for 10 days in a row had the same amount of decrease in cognitive performance and physical performance as the people that stayed up for 24 hours straight. And then it kind of like that opened up my mind. I was like, what? Like we can get by off of six hours of sleep. And it's like right now, yes, you can get by. And you said it perfectly, you get by, but you're not living. Like, and it's one of those things until you experience what a good night of sleep feels like, you don't know what you're missing out on. And again, going back to these like high CEOs are like, I don't have enough time to sleep eight hours. Again, they talk about in the book where people that end up getting eight hours of sleep are more productive. So they're able to get more stuff done in a shorter period of yeah. time. Dude, it's, I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I just listened, um, I just listened to a podcast, Joe Rogan and Matthew McConaughey and love Joe, Joe Rogan. Rogan asked Matthew McConaughey, like how many hours of sleep you get at night? He's like nine and a half. And, and Joe's like, whoa, that dude, that's awesome. And they, they go on this entire segment about how important sleep is. And, 
Um, you know, it, it just, you look at a high functioning individual and an actor and somebody who is as successful as a Matthew McConaughey and he's pushing nine and a half hours. That means that guy's getting up. He's, he's working all day. And I mean, the amount of like, the reality is, is when you sleep that much, you force yourself to be consistent during the day. Like you yes. have to get things done because you're without that, like that's a pressure you know that there's this block of time that you need to be out um, yeah. and you, you got to get stuff done. And so it's, but you also have the energy and the focus, Exactly, you have the energy and the focus to get it done. So it makes it easier. Right. So yeah, man, that's, that's huge. Um, I really appreciate your, uh, your, your insights on that. Um, let's, let's change pace a little bit. Um, you know, we talked about new year's resolutioning and kind of the foundations of that. Um, you know, let's talk about the future a little bit. 2021 for fitness and personal training. We're coming mm-hmm. off a year where not as many, potentially and not as many people got into the gym just based on the fear of, of COVID-19. Right. And, and we, I, I totally understand that. Um, and, you know, in some circumstances, maybe, or maybe not, depending on your opinions, the right or the wrong thing to do. But what do you really see as, you know, 2021 for the fitness industry um what what are your what are your quick takes on on what's going to happen this year i think the fitness industry is going to take off because one you have some people that haven't worked out in coming up on a year i mean some people have taken all of COVID off and have not stepped foot in a gym and i don't even mean like you need to come into a gym to get a workout in but a lot of these big brand companies are kind of revolutionizing. You know, you don't need to go into a gym to get a workout in. Get our Peloton bike. Um, I know PRX has a bunch of at-home equipment. You can literally have a squat rack in your house and you don't even have to go to a gym. So I think, I think more people are going to get involved in fitness, especially with looking at just looking at the numbers from COVID. Like the people that got affected the, the worst were the people that had compromised immune systems. One of the best ways to combat that is live a healthier lifestyle, be active. I was going to say work out, but it's not even just working out, just like getting out and moving more. Mm -hmm. So I, I, we've talked about this here quite a bit. I think that the gym numbers are going to spike up, meaning more people are going to sign up for gym memberships. But I also think as like a community, people are just going to start moving more because people are starting to go stir crazy. I mean, I've seen it firsthand. People are starting to, unfreeze their gym memberships and they're like oh my gosh this is what it feels like to get out of my apartment i mean some people are in this you know 500 square foot apartment 24 hours a day seven days a week and they never get out and at some point i mean you see mental health taking a huge skyrocket right now yeah again one of the one of the best ways to combat mental health is movement as humans we were built to move you know, we're not the strongest out there. We're not the fastest, but we can just, we can travel long distances in a, in a long period of time. Like we have the endurance. So biologically we were, we were built to move. And then you start to confine people. Then you start, yeah, the mental health, weak immune systems, everything starts to fall down. So I think we're hitting that turning point of yeah. kind of the yeah. pendulum swinging the other way. I, I, I tend to agree with you on that. And, you know, I don't, I don't by any means may, mean to make this a political discussion, but I think that was um, 
you know, a lot of the reasoning and a lot of the discussions that our fitness leaders were having with governors was the mental health aspect of fitness. And a lot of the points that you made around fitness being a, a great weapon in your arsenal against chronic disease. And if we can continue yep. to allow people to train and, um, and to work out and sorry, I'm getting a little cat interruption here. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, that's, that, that's what it's all about. And, um, I want to see people get back to that. And I want to see people get back to that in a, in a, in a safe way. And as this vaccine rolls out, um, and, and we start getting some more confidence as a society that we have this pandemic under control. I, I really, I agree with you a hundred percent. I think people are going to get after it and it's going to be a year of, of hopefully health. So. Which is exciting because a lot of, I mean, fitness has always kind of fell on the back burner in a lot of people's lives. Like I'll work out if I have time. Yeah. Now I think it's starting to make a turn where people are like, all right, I need to prioritize my fitness because I'm like bars and restaurants aren't open. So yeah. People like it's always that was always the excuse. Oh, I want to go to happy hour. Oh, I'm too hungover to work out. Once people see what it feels like to be consistent with fitness and just like what they're capable of, I think it's going to become more of a priority in a lot of people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so too. I I really do. Um, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, man. <laughs> All right. So let's uh let's move on to a couple last couple topics here. I know we we got about 20 minutes. Um, let's talk about your physique. Um, I'm excited to talk about this. If, if you guys are listening and you don't follow Zach on Instagram or any of the social media platforms, I'll be sure to put your handle, um, in the video, dude, your, your strength, your physique is crazy. Um, <laughs> I, I've always looked up to what you've been able to do in the gym, you know, inside the gym, outside Appreciate the gym. That. Um, tell us a little bit about what your goals are for, for 2021 and, um, you know, kind of how you're thinking about it. Is, is it strength? Is it, is it, a, is it a mix? Are you, you, you getting big this year? Like what, what's going on in your head? Yeah. So I actually don't know if I told you this, I am going to sign up for my first bodybuilding show. Awesome. That's great. Man. Yeah. Very cool. So I, yeah, like you said, you know, strength, I played football and then I started working out because I played football and then I continued to play football because I was working out. So working out has always been something that's just fascinated me. It's come natural to me. Strength has always been one of those things. So yeah, like in college, I don't think I touched sets higher than eight reps ever. Like I was, I was strength and only strength. Um, and I wanted to do powerlifting. I've always wanted to do bodybuilding, but I never wanted to feel like coming to the gym was a chore. So that's why I never competed because I enjoyed coming in. So I was like, you know what? Why fix it if it ain't broke? And then you know, there's a lot of testosterone with a couple of the trainers here. So we're all kind of meatheads. And one of them brought up, I should get into bodybuilding. And yeah. I figured, you I've know been, what? I've been telling you that for years. I know, I know. <laughs> but I've never wanted to cut alcohol out of my life. I'm yeah. just like, you know what? And, and moving to LA, I did cut it out significantly. But again, like if I go out to dinner, you know, I want to order a beer or two. I want to be able to get pizza, pasta. I live in Chicago. Like it's a great spot for restaurants, great pizza place. Um, but with quarantine, everything shut down. I'm like, you know what? Now's the perfect opportunity for me to dive in head first to bodybuilding. I'm not going to feel like I'm missing out on social events. I'm not going to feel 
obligated to like go out, but then be conscious about what I'm eating, what I'm drinking. So I figured, you know what, now's the time to do it. So I actually, yeah, I decided I'm going to do a show on May 15th on Vegas. Okay. And then after that, get into powerlifting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, that's, that's aggressive. I mean, we're, we're looking, you know, we're five months out. Um, just to clarify, are we doing, are you, are you getting, are you going to do bodybuilding? Are you going to do classic? Are you going to do physique? What are you, what are you thinking? It depends how my legs kind of always, build. Cause does, doesn't it? <laughs> like I've got the strength in the legs, but I don't, I don't have the size. So if depending on how my legs develop, cause I've also never hit hypertrophy for legs. So depending how my legs develop will depend if I do physique or bodybuilding. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's tough. Um, I don't know. Are you competing in a, what, what's the confederation that you're competing in and what's the show? Oh, that's a good question. So one of my coworkers is actually taking over my programming and nutrition and he was the one who found this show. It's a, um, it's an amateur okay. tested. So, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be an um, natural show, right? I'm not going against any of those mass monsters. Um, yeah. What it's federation crazy. it was, is UPC one of them or am I totally making that up? And well, the NPC, NPC. Yeah. NPC. Yeah. yeah. N- I think it's NPC. Got, well, I mean, many, I mean, Minneapolis has a couple shows every year. We, we have the iron Viking and we do the gopher classic and um, you know, some of them are tested and some are untested and, you know, doing a show man is I, I, I tell anybody who's ever been interested in bodybuilding in general, whether that be physique or classic, you got the legs, you don't have the legs. Mm-hmm. um to do it and ocb is what it OCB? is ocb okay. vegas victory classic yeah whatever that means <laughs> yeah you know it's it's an experience um it's you know one of the most difficult and rewarding things i've ever done yes and and watching you go through that prep i mean it motivated me i was like damn like this guy's dialed in and it's one of those things I've always said I wanted to. And I'm like, Oh, I could, if I wanted to do it, I just don't want to do it. You know, it says everything yeah. says everyone about everything. So I'm like, you know what, let me prove to myself that I can do it. Yeah. And that's the that's- thing is bodybuilding is it's all about you. Like, yes, you're competing against other people, but it's such an individual sport in the sense of like, you're really only competing against yourself. Yeah. So that's the, element. that's the, that's what I, I mean, I loved, I loved my experience and there, I'm looking back on it. There's, it's hard. I mean, there's no hard. doubt about, you know, getting down that lean and what that does to your hormones and your relationships mm-hmm. and your, uh, your mental health. And there's, there's a lot of challenges that come with it, but by golly, it, it was one of the most rewarding experiences of, of my life. Um, that's what I've heard a lot of bodybuilders say. Yeah. It's, it's dude, it's, it's, it's a, it's a personal choice and it's exciting. Yeah. Again, you have to be the one to make that decision because if someone else says we're doing a bodybuilding show and you're like, Oh, okay. You're going to be miserable. Yeah. Cause it's one thing to talk about getting that lean, but it's one thing to actually get that lean plus having to work and having to get workouts in. And yeah, like you said, you know, try and be social with your friends. I know you got a wife right now. And like, you know, it's a, it's a very selfish sport. It is. I will say yeah, that. that's, that's the one thing that I did not take into consideration when I did it is, 
the impact on the people around me because it was, I mean, I did, a, I did some things right, but I did some things wrong. You know, the, the first thing that I did wrong, I think in my mind was that I didn't, um, I wish I would have prepped with someone else. I wish I would have gotten really? a friend or had somebody that I knew who was prepping because it is an isolating experience. No one understands or no one really cares about whether or not you're doing a, a gram and a half or you're doing 10 and a half grams of chicken breast on Friday. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're, you've prepped and you, yep. you like, it's like, you know, like I got a high carb day today. Like, dude, I know how that feels. Yes. And when you, when you talk to people who aren't in the bodybuilding, you, you just sound like a nut. And you, sound, you, you kind of are a nut, but like, you are. it's, it's crazy. It's crazy what bodybuilders do to their physiques in order to get them to, to the place where they need to be on stage. And not a lot of people understand that. Um, but it is isolating and I wish I would have gone through it with somebody else. And I also wish I would have used a coach. Um, and you're doing, did you do that. it on your own? I did. I did it solo. I did my own diet. I did wow. my own training. I did my own. Good for you. The only thing that's not true. I, I did get a, uh, I did have a posing coach. So I, okay. I did work with somebody on my posing and I'm really glad I did that. Um, but I found myself like talking to my posing coach, not about posing, but about like, you know, is it normal for me to feel like I want to rip a sticky note and count down the days until prep's over because like I'm miserable and I'm this done with sucks. this. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, all I, the psychology and the, the mental aspect of prepping is, is the most challenging. Yes. It's and that's like, right. No. And that's, and so one of the uh, trainers that I work with here, he's a uh, professional bodybuilder. He, he's, I mean, he's a big guy, but he always wins like best poser and stuff like that in his shows. So he's going to coach me. And he's like, you know, like it all comes down to conditioning. He's like, everyone comes in with muscles. He's like, what, it, what are you going to do to set yourself apart? Like you got to come in lean and to try and like maintain as much muscle mass as you can while cutting down that low like the mental game is i mean it's and and i'm i'm not even speaking from personal experience yet like i just have seen people go through it and like yeah it's brutal it is but you i think you're in a good position man you have a really good network of people around you who are knowledgeable. You have mm -hmm. people who have been through the experience. That's you're already a leg up on the competition and, and you're, and your your buddy's right. I mean, people come in, I mean, people come in with muscles and they, mm -hmm. what sets people apart is posing and conditioning. Mm -hmm. I want to and, touch back on something you said about like, you know, you can't do it on your, like having a team. I think, I just think that's so invaluable in life because like, and, and I run into this issue all the time where I'm like, oh, I can do it on my own. Like, how hard can that be? I just got to work harder. Yeah. It's like, no, life works so much better when you got a team of people that you can rely on and that, that can support you through whatever, whatever it is that you're doing, fitness or not, not fitness related. Yeah. Yeah. Life is not an individual sport. It is not. Sure. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, you got to have, you got to have that network around, you got to have people that you can tap into. But I think the other problem, I, I run into this problem is, uh, it's, I, it's not that I don't need the team, it's that I don't need the help. And I don't need to ask for the help because I got this, like I got it under control. Um, and there's times in my life, personally, there's been times professionally where I thought I could do it on my own and it didn't, didn't work out that way. 
and <laughs> yeah. you, you can't you can't be you can't be scared to ask for help because you, you can't know it right. all um mm-hmm. and that's that's like putting your checking your ego at the door and that's not easy for a lot of people to do it's not easy for me to do it's probably not easy for you to do but Mm-mm. in order to be successful and to progress and to learn you got to be able to do that and and that's i do want to kind of bring that back to personal training you know everyone thinks you need to have your niche as a personal trainer i get coming into personal training a lot of people just want to work with athletes yeah. You go into a commercial gym, there's three athletes that train there and none of them want personal trainers. So instead of finding your like, oh, what's your niche? This is what I'm going to get really good at. Do it all. Be as well-versed as you can be because what you'll notice is people have different goals. And just because someone, has, I mean, you could have two people side by side, they both want to lose weight and gain muscle mass. But their programs are going to be so different just based on, you know, their mobility, their needs, what they're, what they're capable of doing. And if you don't have that kind of broad spectrum of like, okay, this is what we're going to do. You're going to try and fit a square piece into a triangle hole. And it's just, it's not going to work. Yeah. No, that's super valuable. Um, Thanks for that. Um, All right. Last topic here, we got just about nine minutes. I want to make sure that we talk a little bit of mechanics from a lifting standpoint. A lot of people are getting into getting into fitness this year. Um, maybe they're already in fitness and they want to get better. They want to talk technique. They want to, they want to get stronger. Um, I know, and you know that the back squat is just one of the best movements all around yep. for for strength, for just in, in general fundamentals, um, yep. fundamentals, everything. And there's a lot of discussion to be had around, you know, leg development in the back squat. I think that there's some other movements that are better for leg development and isolation for the quads and the hamstrings than the back squat, but the back squat is the best compound leg, glute, hamstring, mm-hmm. hips, core movement ever. Yes. Um, can you give us some insights into, you know, if I'm, you know, somebody who's been training for a while, um, you know, I, maybe I squat, maybe I'm squatting 315, 405, but I want to, I want to bring my squat to the next level. Um, what, what's your advice or how are you helping that individual increase their strength and kind of break that plateau of into mm-hmm. like elite squatting? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it does get very variable, just, I mean, everyone is going to have a different answer to this or like, I'm going to have a different answer for everyone, Sure. but more times than not the single leg stability. So when you're, you know, you're back squatting, let's say you hit a plateau, you've tried to mix up the reps, mix up the uh, weight, mix up tempos and stuff. And it's just not working. Go to like a Bulgarian split squat for four weeks. Mm. And that was one thing that me and one of the trainers did here. We're like, we both got some pretty strong squats, but we're like, you know what, what are we bad at? Bulgarian split squats. So we decided to throw that into our program for four weeks. I didn't touch a squat bar for four weeks. I came back and I was 50 pounds at least, I think it was 50 pounds or 55 pounds heavier on my back squat, just because of that that single leg stability work. So what what I always tell people is like, you're only as strong as your weakest link and your body will not build strength or muscle mass if it doesn't deem it advantageous. So just because you don't have like a, a nagging injury or something, doesn't mean that you haven't kind of hit that, that limit. And a lot of times that limit for people is stability. So by going single leg, I mean, 
that, that, that puts a lot of stability into the core, into legs and stuff, your hips. Once that starts to pick up, everything else just kind of skyrockets. Dude, that's such a valuable piece of advice. Like I, I think that at least from my perspective, a lot of people might think about leg development or squat development as like, I'm going to vary my rep schemes. So Mm -hmm. rather than like, and then this gets down to, you know, strength and, you know, hypertrophy. And that's like a whole nother podcast. Right. I mean, we could talk about strength versus hypertrophy <laughs> for, days. For, for days, but <laughs> um, I think that's the most common is people are going to, you know, they're going to switch up. Like, God, like, am I squatting too narrow or am I squatting wide enough? Mm-hmm. Or am I, am I going low bar? Am I going high bar? Am I using enough weight? Front squat, but, back squat. Yeah. I mean, there's so much variability, but for you to kind of think about it as like, no, like what's, let's think about it a little bit differently. Going mm-hmm. to the, the Bulgarian split squat and focusing on that, you know, single leg. I mean, we're, we're putting a lot of emphasis on balance. We're putting a lot of emphasis on core stability. We're putting a lot, like that whole mind muscle connection is just different and the leverage yes. is different. And so when you focus on that and then you come back to that fundamental back squat you've just added like, you've just added like three or four tools to your toolbox that you didn't have before. And now yep. you're like, you're cranking through them and you're, you're working with more weight. So yeah, I think that, oh, that's brilliant. So, I mean, literally it was one of those until I tried it, I didn't believe it. And all of a sudden I did it. I was like, damn, where the hell has this been my entire life? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, you hear it, you heard it here, guys. Go try the Bulgarian split squat for four weeks if you're trying to break break through a squat plateau. Um, it's humbling. It's a very humbling experience. Yeah, let's give that a shot and uh, <laughs> see what happens. So, well, Zach, dude, it's been great. Thanks for um, thanks for being on the show this afternoon, oh, January 1st. We're starting the year strong. Starting the year strong. Um, it's uh, it's been great. I'm again. I'm. I love what you're doing with your social media. I love what you're doing in the business. Um, it's a pleasure to, uh, pleasure to have you on today. If you're ever out in Chicago, I don't know if I told you, me and my buddy got a podcast, so I'd love to have you on there and we can you know, talk same kind of stuff that we're doing yeah. here. And That'd be great, man. I, I'm always looking for an excuse to go to Chicago. Um, you know, maybe we can get some. Let me know when you're out here. Room. Yeah, man. For yes. sure. So. <laughs> All right, man. Well, have a great start to your new year um, and have a, uh, have a great weekend. You as well. Appreciate this. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Yeah, you too.